Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. I'm Tanya. And I'm Erica. And welcome to our podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. Yes, we're so glad that you're able to join us. Our goal here is to disrupt the status quo of racial inequality and inequity in systems. And we hope that each of our episodes, and at this point we're at episode 18. Yes will challenge you to be the change that you want to see. Yeah, yeah. So um, our topic today is going to be one of those topics that I think just it comes up over and over and over again. And sometimes we know what to do with it and sometimes we don't. Mm. And so our work today or our discussion today, um, and we'd like for you to consider bias. Mm -hmm. Bias, the silent oppressor that we must confront. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah say that good. again. Bias, <laughs> the silent oppressor that we must confront. Whoa. Yeah. Silent oppressor. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, think that's a, I think that's aptly termed because it's always there mm -hmm. and it creeps up and very often we don't know what to do about it and so it continues. Mm -hmm and continues and it marginalizes people. Right. Yeah. Right. It marginalizes people. So yeah, I think that 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 silent oppressor is really kind of powerful when we think about bias. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is we all have it. Yeah. You know, like all of us. All of us. We talked about that in the previous podcast. Yes. yes. Um and some people want to deny that they have bias, but the reality is we have it because we're primed yeah. to have it. Yeah. You know, right. that is just That's how right. society is That's you know right. so if you notice when you look at television mm -hmm. just for example um you know who do we see on television who gets the leading roles in plays um who you know gets the leading roles in yeah. movies um and while there is greater diversity um the diversity tends to be along the lines of gender and race. Sure. We don't typically see neurotypical individuals mm -hmm. on television. Um, there are few instances. We don't typically see the deaf community um, on television. There are some yeah. situations. Um, and so society primes us mm -hmm. to, you know, um, accept certain things as normal. That's right. That's right. And and those groups that you mentioned, um, the normality that we've accepted is that they are almost like supporting players, if you will. Right. 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 So they're there, but they're marginalized. Mm -hmm. um, we don't see them a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So that must mm -hmm. mean that in our lives, right, in our in our um, daily operations and our daily interactions with each other, we don't expect to talk to a deaf person. Right. We don't expect to come across a non-neurotypical person. We don't expect to come across anybody um, who does not fit into 
um, the Clean, images that box. we see. That's that's right, all of the time. And when we do, we don't know what to do sometimes. Right, we don't right. know what to do. We don't know how to consider it. Or we rely on images, mm -hmm. very often stereotypical images that we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. And that causes challenges. Mm -hmm. That causes challenges because we really do, um, like you said, put people in a box. And we yeah. have these different categories rather than really sort of you know, getting to know that person or, or that group of people on, you know, just in terms of being a human, mm -hmm. right? But yeah. interestingly enough, it's not just society itself mm -hmm. it, that primes us, because, you know, we, we start off sure. with like media, mm -hmm. you know, media does do some priming, obviously. Mm -hmm. But priming tends to happen at super young ages for children by what their families expose them to. Sure or don't expose them to. That's it right yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So, you know, think about when you were growing up, who came over to your house on a regular basis? Who didn't come? Who were your parents' friends? Mm -hmm. Who were not their friends? Who did you hang out with? Mm -hmm. Or who were you allowed to hang out with? That's right. Who weren't you allowed to hang out with? Um, you know, think about the, because that that there yep. those are some of the early messages, and they are messages. So right. even if it wasn't you know a parent or a grandparent saying don't hang out you know with this group or we don't even if they didn't say that the message around who you know the reality of who you know who mm -hmm. was in the circle or not mm -hmm. you know that's that's important and right. those are messages they are those are they messages. are messages yeah. right and so when we talk about like bias being the silent oppressor now sometimes bias is not you know it, it's obviously it's an, a, an affinity or yeah. preference mm -hmm. and it's not always a bad thing mm -hmm. um, but when it is a bad thing yeah. meaning someone is being oppressed mm -hmm. as a result of your bias, um, right. then we've got to do something about it. We do, we do. Um, I just want to give this example. Um, in a previous podcast, I talked about height, right? Yes. And so um, I'm just going to use this, this example because I think we see it a lot. So, you know, when we look at the presidents of the United States, mm -hmm. they're all pretty much tall men, Yes, right? They're all like over six feet or something like that. And the truth is, is that, you know, in our society, we actually ascribe, um, we um, associate height with leadership, Yes, right? Yes. So if I associate height with leadership, that means that somebody who's shorter, right? Who doesn't have the height that I ascribe with leadership if I have the power to hire a leader or recommend a leader, I'm not going to recommend because of my bias around height and leadership. I'm not going to recommend anybody who's shorter than I think a leader should mm. um, should be. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a bias. Right. And so very often if we're not aware of that now. It's really about awareness because once I'm aware of it, right. when I go to recommend or go to hire or go to consider someone for a leadership program, then I know that I have that bias. And I know that I'm not going to, I realize that that's a false correlation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. There are some people who are tall who are not leaders 
conversely, there are some people who are not tall who are, right? Right. And right. so what I'm going to do is make sure that I check that bias because mm -hmm. now I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about oppression and bias, so keeping somebody out of an opportunity to advance to become a leader, that's oppression. We don't give them the opportunity to, um, to advance or to be promoted or to be, you know, in the space where they are a leader. So when we think about bias and oppression, that's what we're talking about. We, and it's really important for us to know and have that awareness mm -hmm. of our of our biases because we all have them. But then you also hear negative statements like that person has a Napoleon complex. Mm -hmm. You know, and yes. and and so I remember hearing that as a child, mm -hmm. that statement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what they essentially mm -hmm. were talking about was the the shorter statured individual who has who who is probably naturally a leader mm -hmm. um, and has some assertiveness about them that's shunned yes like yes. so that it's almost like you know well um, this person it's like they ascribe mm -hmm. this negative characteristic yep. of leadership like, you know, they, sure. it's like they want something that they, they don't deserve That's to right. have. Like, how dare they right. exhibit these leadership characteristics and they aren't six feet tall. Exactly. Right. 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 Yes. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it is absurd it when is. you think about it. It is. It is. Nobody ever pushed back against that narrative. Ever. When I was growing no. up. I, yeah. I never, and I, I, I don't hear it as frequently now mm -hmm. as I did mm -hmm. growing up, but mm -hmm. it was a big thing. It, it was, was like. You know, it so was. if you are, you know, shorter in stature and you say something, you know, like you want to assert, assert your leadership. Your, that's right. Like they, they think you've got an issue. That's you've right. got a problem. You've got the problem. You've got the problem. <laughs> Where if somebody who were six feet tall did the same thing, yep. they'd be like, wow, yep. he's really, yep. you know, yep. assertive and sticking up for himself. And, and, and that yeah. happens across gender as well. Sure, sure. So you might recall some years ago, not that long ago um, in tennis, when Serena Williams, not Serena, yeah, Serena, threw her mm -hmm. um, racket. Threw her racket. Mm -hmm. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like nope, wrong game. <laughs> wrong game. Threw her racket on the ground mm -hmm. and, you know, with an, with an outburst of anger. And they went crazy. 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 How dare she? Unprofessional. That's so unprofessional. Unsportsmanlike conduct. Rude. And then you pan and you want you look back and you see a, a white male mm -hmm. doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You hear nothing of he's the passionate. sort. Right. <laughs> he's passionate, right? He's a passionate competitor. Right. Right. It's just it's it's like mm -hmm. a different yes. um, descriptor. That's right. Based upon that's right bias. That's right. It that's really it. is about. So then we've got to confront that bias right. in society yeah. and in, um, you know, in different spaces, in the workplace, in school, you know, so we've got, we, in schools, we see bias oftentimes towards students who are socioeconomically disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we see bias towards students of color. Yeah. We see, you know, there's a whole lot of bias that plays out oh, in, yes. in school, just like it mirrors yes. society. Yes, you know, it what does. we see in school mirrors what we see in society. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about confronting it, you know, it takes a bold person to be able to say, I think we need to break up this bias and do something about it. Yes. And, you know, in our previous podcast, we talked about allyship, mm -hmm. you know, and the change agent of, right. of allyship. Mm -hmm. 
the change agent is the one that has the power and the authority to really make change That's systemically. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, where you might not be the, the person who can do that, but you can be someone who's either a champion or an influencer yeah. to create and precipitate change in society, in schools, in organizations, and even in families. Absolutely. Um, when I just thought about, you talked about the, the allyship continuum and you know, the change agent. And when we think about systems, very often we think about sort of the larger system. But you're right, what about the system of a family? Right. Right, what right. about the system of a professional learning community? Mm -hmm. What about the system of an office, mm -hmm. you know, or a classroom? Um, those are all systems yeah. in and of itself. And so when we think about, you know, being that change agent, when we think about, you know, how much, you know, when I think about how much bias, because as a person of color, like we talked about fatigue before, um, like we hear it, we see it, we witness it, we're victims of it, like all the time, yes. right? All the time. And so, um, but I think being in a space where, you know, once you recognize that it's there, Right. Once you recognize that, you know, um, a group of kids are even the labels that we give them, you know, you know, um, an at risk group of kids, you know, um, you know, that label. Think oh, about I, everything that I comes hate along with that, that label, right, by the way. Right. And, you know, yes. I mean, we've talked about yes. this, I think. Yes. Maybe not in a podcast. I don't think in a podcast, but, you know, but there in are our just, own conversations. Yes. We, we just object to some of the labels that we you know, ascribe and associate with, with groups based on our deficit lens yes. of that particular group right. rather than or seeing, our bias or our bias rather than seeing, you know, the humanity and the value, you know, um, in that group. And so I think um, what happens is, you know, we have the opportunity to say something. Mm -hmm. We have the opportunity. So go back to the Napoleonic complex. You know, this person, you know, we is, you know, exhibiting the Napoleonic complex or whatever, you know, say something like, well, that's no different than, you know, or are you saying that he shouldn't be a leader because he's short? Because mm -hmm. if so, that's offensive. I think being able to speak up mm -hmm. and disrupt those patterns of bias is really important. Right. Is really right. important in any system. Yeah. 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 And even so, I was thinking about, um, in a previous podcast, when we were talking about privilege, you mentioned um, how in a store, if you're a deaf person and they make an announcement mm -hmm. that could be health related or important or really critical, you know, the individual who is deaf would not hear that That's announcement. Right. I had an idea. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't know if I should say it because I don't know that it's invented, mm. but I wonder if stores and, and public facilities um, had a, um, what do you call it, a, um, like a QR code. Mm. So when a deaf person enters a facility, they can use their phone, hit the QR code. The QR code then takes them to the site of the, uh, you know, of, of that establishment. Mm -hmm. And if there's some kind of announcement or information that they need to know that would typically be made audibly, mm. they now receive it in their phones and they have access to it. It's a I good think, idea. Isn't I, th it? I think that's a very good idea. Okay, maybe we shouldn't publish that. No. <laughs> I think that's a very yeah. good idea. I think that's a very good idea. It's like anything that would, and I, and you know, everybody walks in with their phones in their hands, right, mm -hmm. or in their you know their pockets or whatever. I think that's a that's a really that's a really great idea the, to even just be able to buzz them, right? You know that right. something's happening right. or 
or, or, or we're offering something yes. or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. We're saying um, that, you know, because the stores or the, you know, institutions have a bias. They don't even realize they have it. That's right. Um, because that's they, right. their bias is for those who are hearing. Who are hearing. Right. That's right. And so, you know, they gear their announcements yes. to the hearing. Yes. Yes. You know. And that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That came to that's me like a, the other day. I was like, we need to do, because I'm, you know, I mm -hmm. think about these things. Mm -hmm. Like, like, mm -hmm. so what would we do about that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. That could be a way to do something. I think that's, I think that's really good. I think I need really to good. figure out how to make that happen. Yes, you do. Okay, don't steal my idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. I said it that's here. Right. I can copyright it or by having said it here right. first. That's right. right. Or at least give her a cut. You yeah, know how what about I mean? That? Of your of your profits. <laughs> at least yeah. So but I but I, I think I think all of that, right? It just goes back to like how do we check our bias? So mm -hmm. who are we not considering? And I think in that case with, with the, the um the example of the stores, like how do we consider you know, there's a whole nother group of people that might use our resources um, or you know purchase our product and how can we consider them them more? Mm -hmm. How can we do a better a better job? Um, but I think though though going back to like thinking about bias, how do we disrupt it? Um, very often, you know, we take it on individually. So a lot of what we've talked about is really sort of an individual, like speaking up or, you know, really being aware. I think there's another way, though, in, when we think about, like, once you get the group on board, mm -hmm. once you get your, you know, your, your professional community on board or your office, you know, there are some ways that as a group you can commit to disrupting bias, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we saw, um, and we're just going to sort of share this, but the Just Work co-founders, Kim Scott and, and um, CEO Tree or Bryant, they came up with a really great, you know, three-step framework in terms of disrupting bias. And the first is shared vocabulary. Right. And that's in the workplace. That's, yes, right. this is in the workplace. Specifically in the workplace. In the workplace. Yeah. Although I think this could work in families. Oh, it probably, and I think it uh, could work it, in I groups, agree with you. Right? Yeah. 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 If yeah. we commit, if we say we're committing to disrupting bias, mm -hmm. right? We know what happens when, when um, people are marginalized mm -hmm. and isolated mm -hmm. or victimized through bias. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. because of that, we are committed mm -hmm. to disrupting bias. You know, there is a way that you can share in that commitment and support each other because when you know better, you do better, right? Usually. Usually. <laughs> Usually. Right. So um, the first area is really having that shared vocabulary, right? right? Having right. that shared vocabulary. And that shared vocabulary is really around, you know, when we notice that the bias, when we've heard or seen bias take place, we have a shared way that we will engage in disrupting the bias. Right. Right. Yeah. So it could be that, you know, this we're taking this from the, the co-founders mm -hmm. of, of Just Work. Um, they talked about like waving a purple flag, yeah. you know, like it could be purple flag, mm -hmm. which is the signal yeah. that I need to share where I've heard a yes. bias taking place. Yes. Um, and so that shared vocabulary is really key to being able to like, you know, you've, you've given your coworkers or you've given your family members permission yes. to be able to flag for you when you've said something that is you know, insensitive right. or inappropriate or conveys bias. Um, like there, there was a term that I will not say that um, when we were kids, we would use this term often. Mm. And, you know, it was a term that was typically used to, to talk about someone's um, 
intellectual mm, capacity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, somewhere along the lines, that was a word that became flagged. Mm -hmm. And so I remember, you know, somebody in the family using that term and the younger generation flagging it sure. without, you know, they sure. didn't, we didn't have the, yes. you know, there was no purple mm -hmm. flag, mm -hmm. you know, concept. But the mm -hmm. idea was, you know, like, we don't use that term anymore. Yeah. That term is, is, is derogatory and it is insensitive. Um, and so that it was like, oh, and, and even pointing it out, you know, the younger generation pointing it out to the older generation, yeah. the older generation, you know, had to stop and think, you're right. Yep. You know, it's almost yeah. like we just took for granted yeah. that this was an acceptable That's right. way to, to refer to someone's intellect. That's right. Um, and That's it was, it was really, it was powerful mm -hmm. because it was like, ooh, you know, almost, there was almost shame mm. from the older generation sure. um, because they missed it. Mm -hmm. They missed it, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's really good. First of all, to be in a in a space that's safe enough. Yeah. To that's a key check somebody, there. right? Or to just say, you know, um, we have this call out, but just calling people in, right? right? I really love that. Yeah. I forget the name of the of the of the um, the woman that um, you know sort of coined that phrase. But instead of calling people, you know, call them in, and you know, um, you know, purple flag or whatever it is we're gonna say that flags. The bias remark or the or or um, or behavior, right. I think is is really important. But there's got to be that safety, and so the shared commitment is really part of that commitment is creating the safe space. Right. So this is going to be a space that's safe enough for all of us to learn together. Right. For so us to you have permission call to people. tell me. That's right. If I say something. That's right. That ultimately is offensive that's right you that's know, right or, or reveals a bias that i have yes yeah um, and because i've given you permission to do that you know um and in that shared vocabulary i'm also going to have a way that i respond to you so if you flag for me that you know tanya you said that insensitive word you know my response is not going to be like that's not what I meant. I, I didn't right. mean that. You're you taking know. it out of context. Right. Like, right. I, I can't believe that you coming coming at me, you, mm -hmm. know, it's, right. you know, because we get that, yes. you know, oftentimes. Yes. Yes, and so do. my response is going to be, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Or it could even be, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I would like to be more enlightened mm -hmm. on that. Because I, I don't understand right. what the offense was. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that comes with the shared vocabulary, mm -hmm. the shared commitment to disrupting bias. Right. And those norms are really important because Very the norms so. say, how do we then respond once, because we are so used to responding in right. defense. Right. We're so yes. used to this, yeah, to, to and that. Because we hear that often, like, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean it like, I didn't that. Mean it like that. I can't believe they took it that way. Yeah. And then it just turns into, it actually spirals yeah, it does. into something it does. far worse it than does. the initial statement itself. Sure. Because now this person is standing on their ignorance. That's right. You know, and like they now are like, you know, I'm ignorant, right. I'm ignorant, you know, and it's, it's just yeah, ridiculous. It is. It um, is. And, and really what we're, what you do is you create this environment, this mm -hmm. atmosphere that says that we are going to create a sense of belonging for yeah. everyone who is a part of this community, be it a workplace, be it a family, That's right. you know, be it school, mm -hmm. the classroom, mm -hmm the you know be it a church that's right you know we're going to create a sense of belonging 
for all members of the community. That's right. And if we hear statements that ultimately devalue and diminish who people are, we have this environment that says it's okay to call them in. That's right. You know, using agreed upon language. Mm -hmm. So you literally may have to sit down as an organization or as a family and come up with Decide. that language. That's right. That's right. You know, like That's go right. through the process of saying, hey, this is how we're going to address mm -hmm. issues of you know, offense. I think that's good. Um, or of bias. I think that's you know, good. I think that's good. We're going to put a stop to this oppression yeah. of different groups of people. Yeah, and it's so much better when it's that shared commitment when as a group we decide right. rather than one person. Right. You right. know, um, the, the young people say, you know, what you're not going to do. Right. Like my son is is a strong ally um, and he is quick to, to for, for women for those in the LGBT community, and he's quick to speak against mm -hmm, it um, mm -hmm. publicly. Like yeah. he could be in an interview, he could, you know, and he, mm -hmm. which, what we're not gonna do right. is we're not going to devalue right. or dehumanize or other any group That's of awesome. people because your bias is so, you know, yeah. your, your bias is showing here. Yes. I remember having a conversation with a, a colleague who I had a really good relationship with. Um, and it, it, it was, you know, there was safety between us. And I remember her saying something that um, revealed her bias, but I was able to say to her, your bias is showing, mm -hmm. you know, or, mm -hmm. or your privilege is showing. Mm -hmm. And she received it really yeah. well, you know, and I, it, it wasn't, um, it didn't turn into like, how dare you? I believe in all of these things sure. that are good and sure. well and positive. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was no defensiveness on her end, but that came from the relationship that say, we had. That relationship is really mm -hmm. important. Yeah. And I and I think this this strategy of the shared uh, vocabulary commitment and norms it preserves relationships. It does. It does. It does. And 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 it deepens them because now I can safely call you in on a biased remark, but then we can also talk about it right. if you're not sure right. about you know what's happening. And I think that deepens relationships because now we're in the journey together. Right. Right. And it's right. not just me fighting or you know it. It really is sort of this space where we're working. We're working together. Yeah. Have you yeah. been in any situations, either you know personally or professionally, where you've seen a version of this take place? I don't know that most organizations have, you know, something this concrete. Mm -hmm. But have you have you been in any situations where you've seen it, you know, play out? So the best um, the best example was really when I was a teacher. And um, there was a there was a student that I had who just her comments around um, Muslim um, people who who um, people follow the Muslim um, people Thanks. follow Islam. Um, and it was um, derogatory. And, and I and I knew that it was just she just didn't know. I knew that. But she kind of ascribed a characteristic. Um, to followers of Islam. And so I just asked her, um, you know, some people say that Christians are um, closed-minded. Would you say that all Christians are closed-minded? And she said, no. I said, and some people say that, um, you know, um, white girls are spoiled. Would you say that all white girls are spoiled? And she said, no. Um, I said, so we're talking about Muslims, would you say that all Muslims have this characteristic? And she said, no. 
And then I could see it in her face. It, she was like, thank you. Like, you know, and it, it was in a class and it, it was a, I was pretty tight with that class at that point. Mm -hmm. So we had a really great discussion, but the class was a safe space. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't calling her, you know, I wasn't being mean about it. Sure. Um, it was a teachable moment. It was a very teachable yeah. moment. That was probably the best um, example. But I think we've had times, there have been times when my kids have, um, I remember um, when my kids were in middle school and um, there was a, um, my one daughter in particular, there was a, a, um, a, a child who had transitioned from being um, a, um, a girl and, and, and then they wanted to be identified as, uh, as a boy. So there was a, um, you know, a new name and, and everything like that. And I remember asking my daughter about um, this particular student who sat at lunch with her every day. And um, I used the name that I knew and, and my daughter said, no, this is, this is, this is, this is, um, this is his name now. And I said, his name, because I mean, I didn't really know. And, and so, and they were kind of very good friends. So the next time I asked, forgetting about this, I, I used it and she said, mommy, this is the new name now. Like, so if you're gonna ask about this person, you're going to have to use his name. Um, and I appreciated that, you know? And it wasn't like, you're homophobic. Like, it wasn't that, it was just like, mom, you have to remember this. Yeah. This is important to this person. Sure. And because of that, it's important to me. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated, you know, her kind of stepping in and not just going along. Because I think sometimes we just go along with things. Right. And so, Which, which is know, why things don't get confronted. Which is why things don't get confronted, right. you right. know. But again, we had the relationship and it was in the safe space. Right. So we would encourage you to really think about some of the things that we talked about today. Mm -hmm. We did a lot of, you know, we provided a framework around shared vocabulary, commitment, and, and norms. And we really thank the founders of Just Work for for that framework, we really appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, but we'd love to know, you know, some of your experiences around uh, confronting and disrupting biases in your own systems, in your own workplaces, or families, or or groups that you engage in. Right. Are there other ways that that, that it might work, um, that or, or other styles or practices that you have that might work? That's what we would love to know. Yeah. So again, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Tanya, and I'm Erica. And we really appreciate you joining us today. Take care, everyone.